Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. I am joined today by licensed architect and Navy officer Lauren, and also fellow alumni from Illinois Institute of Technology. Lauren, welcome to From the Honeycomb podcast. Good morning, Katarina. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. This will be a fun conversation. All right. And as we begin every episode, we share something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So Lauren, what are you grateful for? So I'll start off by saying this is actually, I love all, I listen to your podcast. I love all the content you have. But the very beginning where you talk about what you're grateful for is actually my favorite part of the podcast. The reason for that is because I think we go throughout our day and we let all the minor things bother us. Like work was annoying and for whatever reason, but we forget like, well, at least I have a job. Or I went to some medical appointment and they got my my prescription wrong or whatever. Well, at least you have insurance. And so it's kind of, I think whenever we start being grateful for things, that's really when we have joy in our lives. So I love this part of your podcast. And I actually have a gratitude journal that I use every night. At the end of the day, I write something I was thankful that reminded me of that day. So I love this oh. part. But my favorite, I guess, what I'm grateful for right now is my husband and I recently moved back to his hometown where he grew up. And so we're surrounded by his family. It's been several years since we lived by family. And so I'm just so thankful to be spending time with them. And I think a lot of people, when you live near your family, you kind of take it for granted. You're like, oh, we'll hang out next week or we'll do whatever. And so for us being away for so long, we're really being intentional about our time. And we're like, hey, let's not just keep waiting. Let's hang out with his cousins next weekend. Let's make plans. Let's. And so that's kind of what I'm very grateful for. Oh, right that's super special. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Perfect. And then that was really so, oh, you said that so sweet. That was really nice. And thank you for listening to my podcast, by the way. So, I mean, I just, I love buildings growing up. I guess why I really wanted to start architecture. My dad used to travel around the world for his job when I was younger. And the very first time I was probably in fifth grade, he brought me back a little statue of the Eiffel Eiffel Tower. And uh, every time he'd go international or go somewhere, he'd bring me back little statues of like monuments, buildings, famous places. And I grew this huge collection over time. And that's really kind of what started me uh, into wanting to become an architect. And then I took a drafting class in high school and I was sold. (laughs) nice oh that's awesome I know so many of our like classmates had drafting classes and it's amazing to see like how many high schools offered it and then so we went to school at IIT together graduated and then I stayed in Chicago and then you made your way to California for a little bit and then we kind of crossed paths again you were living in LA working at an architecture firm and we were both kind of taking the exams at the same time and you were amazing at them. Like you were like my inspiration taking exams. Like I always reached out to you. I was like, oh my gosh, like how do I pass this exam? How would you say the exam experience was for you? I would, looking back, I would say I'm glad it's over. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I feel proud of myself and I am so thankful that I completed and it's over, but it was rough. It was a rough few years there. Um, Constantly, yeah, going to work, and trying to go to the gym and trying to have a social life, but then feeling like you have to study. It's just like you become very robotic and, and then you fail, 
you cry and then you fail again and you don't care anymore. And then you just, and you just try to keep going and you keep reading the same books over and over. And it was a little bit rough and I'm glad that I made it out. No, you did. And you were, you were so helpful to me too. Um, and like encouraging me and I think we kind of encouraged each other. So it was good to have a, a friend going through it as well at the same time. And so then once you got licensed, you were still living in LA and then remind me again where you went after and how you decided to go into the Navy. I was, and I was in LA, I had gotten engaged. And so we, I went back to Chicago where my husband was then living. And so I joined a small firm there for a few months, but I always had the idea of joining the Navy. It was just something that I, I wanted to try and I figured it was now or never. So let's just jump in. Uh, so I went back to Chicago, worked for a few months in a firm. And then after that, I, I got accepted into the Navy and off I went. And so since then, that's been a, about four years ago. So after I joined, I made it to Washington, D.C. I worked there for a few years with the Navy. And then now I currently in Hawaii. So not a bad place to be. Not bad at all. <laughs> and so what do you do in the Navy as an architect? So I guess I'll start with a, a quick little disclaimer and just say everything I'm saying here is not representative of the Navy itself. It's my own personal opinions and experiences. So I'm speaking on my own behalf, but I'll put that out. So what we do in the Navy for architecture. So I'm not an architect in the traditional sense, like you are in a firm where you're designing projects and all that for clients. But what we do is we do all the, like the shore infrastructure for all the bases, uh, I like to describe it it's similar to a university campus. So the university is not just beautiful on its own. Like they have a behind the scenes team that does all the maintenance of facilities. When there's a new building on campus, they have a team that's designing and doing all that, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to keep all the uh, bases for the Navy up and running. So what we do is we do a lot of preventative maintenance, a lot of work on their facilities. As far as design, like how you would typically have an architect you design, I don't actually do that, but I do oversee, I work with a lot of uh, government civilians who do the designs or also a lot of, we hire a lot of private architecture and engineering firms and they'll do designs for our buildings. And then as uh, the, as the Navy personnel, what we do is we oversee kind of like the construction of those designs. We work with the government civilians and just making sure that everything gets constructed properly and is designed according to code and everything. Wow. So it's kind of, yeah, so it's like your little own design review kind of department. You guys manage everything. That's really interesting because I never thought about it. You know, you do think about, well, yeah, of course there's bases, there's camps, like buildings have to get built. You just don't think about it. Of course you need an architect, you need general contractors. So it's so amazing to hear that because architecture is so broad. There's so much you can do with our degree. And that's kind of, as I've been talking with other architects on the podcast is like, there's just a plethora of career options you can do. And so hearing about the Navy and kind of how you have your construction management, it's really fascinating. And so when you stay or when you're working kind of day to day, are you in like a big team or how does it work construction management wise, like organizationally? So I'll say that there's a ton of different career paths you can take throughout the Navy, depending on what job you have, what location you're at. But just from my personal experience, uh, when I like one of the jobs I had, uh, you're working in very, as far as the government, I'd say it's a smaller team. So we hired a lot of private architecture and engineering firms to put together designs. And then we would work with our civilian government architects and engineers, and they would be doing submittals, design reviews and all that. So that team of engineers 
that's internal to the government. Engineers and architects could be, you know, five people. And then as far as construction management, there'd be one construction manager. And then we'd also have a field person who's always out in the field. Whereas I'd be more behind the desk looking at things, uh, reviews and whatnot, you know, going out to the field periodically. But the other, my coworker would then be out in the field every day. So smallest team, definitely about less than 10, probably on the average team. Oh, wow. I was expecting it to be a little bit larger, but that makes sense. And how would you say it differs working in the government too? Because the firms you worked at before you joined the Navy, were those more residential or commercial? They were small commercial and residential. Uh, okay. We did a little, yeah, single family housing and small commercial. And then uh, there was some multifamily housing as well. And how would you say the two differ or or are similar? Do you see any similarities or differences between the two career paths? So for, yes, when I worked at the firms, it was a lot more hands-on technical. You're drawing, you're designing. Like I said, in, in the Navy, we don't, as a military member, we do not actually design anything. So out in the private sector, we're, you know, designing, doing a lot of hands-on stuff. And then the whole team you're working with is, of course, architects, which you got your consultants, your other engineers, but you don't engage with them as often. Whereas I would say in the government, at least from the Navy side, we're more, I'm in the field more. I'm more looking at construction, how things are built, more overall project management. And then I get to work a lot with all the disciplines just because the government has so many different, you know, electrical, mechanical engineers, all that. So I kind of get a little more hands-on. They'll be like in my office, for example. So I get to ask them questions, see them more, that type of thing. Oh, that's cool that you get so much on-site experience because I know sometimes at an architecture firm, you can get pigeonholed and you could only be drawing certain details. And like my favorite part is being on the construction site and like seeing it actually being built. I think you can learn so much when you're actually seeing it built as well. So would you say your understanding of like construction has advanced now that you're seeing so much of it built more? Definitely. Yep, definitely. Because I mean, you go out there a lot all the time and you see different things. So that part, I appreciate that. The construction administration, the project management, that part's great. What I do miss and what I do a little, I guess, jealous of you is, is all the design work you get to do, <laughs> drawing, because I don't do any of that anymore. And so that that does make me sad. Uh, and then I think part of, you know, I miss the technical, the details and all that, because I don't put any of those together. So I, while I may see them on the site, I don't get to draw them and put them together. So I miss, I miss all the little details that actually make a building a building Mm. but that's kind of where it's different yeah yeah. and would you say the exams because I know again back to the architecture exams I just was thinking about when you were talking about how much you cover and like you see construction job sites and then your construction managing and like the CA work or construction administration do you say the exams because there's so much we can do as an architect did they help you prepare for your job in the navy I would say the a few of them did course like the construction I don't remember what they're all called at this point but the construction administration one did we do a lot of contracting in the Navy uh, mm-hmm. while I may not I don't execute any contracts but we're always involved in reading them and, and all that kind of stuff so I remember we did some of that and some project administration so those ones would help yes some of the other the sites exams and all that great knowledge I hope to use it one day but I would say it wasn't exactly it didn't help me right now 
Got it. No. And it is true. You brought up a good point about contracts and like architects have to understand contracts. And so many people don't understand that we don't just design buildings and draw details. There's so much that goes behind it with learning to read contracts and understanding the certain relationships and how things are kind of administered. In your CA, like your construction management, construction administration, do you use any of those software programs? I've seen like some of those bar charts. Those always fascinated me. I personally do not know. I mean, I've used a few. I didn't use it very well, so I stopped using it. But uh, it's, I would say no. I'd say mostly like the, like I said, when we hire outside uh, engineering architecture firms or even in ones internal to government, the civilians, they definitely use those more than I do. Okay. I just look at their work after. Gotcha. So you're not even in AutoCAD or anything like that? No. Not, not, no, not on a day-to-day basis. Very, very sporadically. And does the Navy use like AutoCAD, Revit, things like that, those kind of programs? Yes, they definitely they have do. those capabilities. Yep. So it'll just be the, uh, I said the civilians will just use those uh, quite frequently. Oh, interesting. Well, that's really interesting. Like I said, it's just you never knew that like the Navy would have architects and kind of the behind the scenes. And what would you say is your like favorite part of working as an architect in the Navy? Well, my favorite part, which is why I joined in the first place, is just being in the military. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. And so that's why I tried it. And uh, it's been very rewarding. So that part I like, as far as the, I guess, the day to day, my actual job of being an architect, like I said, there's many different career paths, some jobs you're going to like, and some you're not. But I did love the construction management, the going in the field and seeing things. I think it really helped me develop a lot more and just feel like I grew a lot from that. No, absolutely. And just out of curiosity, so like on job sites, we don't wear hard hats. And I've gotten a few questions. Like sometimes people are like, why don't you? Because I have a pink hard hat that I got as a joke kind of for my stepdad. And I've only ever used it. We had one commercial project and I actually had to wear it because the contractor was like, this is a commercial project. It's a restaurant. Like you absolutely have to wear it. So like you guys wear hard hats and stuff probably, right? You have to. We definitely have to. Very, have to. Yeah, there's definitely very strict <laughs> rules for our projects. So always have to earn the hard hat, the vest, everything. So And the vest too. Yeah, I don't have a vest either. Like we just show up at job sites <laughs> with like, I have work boots and that's about it. And then like my pink hard hat, pink tape measure. And that's about it when I go on job sites. So I'm sure it's very different. Like you're saying, like, is it the private sector that we have a little bit more fluidity with on how we approach a job site? So you were in DC and then now you're in Hawaii when you, I know in the military, a lot of people know you move around a lot. So when do you, do you move to a location to finish a project out or is it, we'll give you X amount of years, regardless of if you're here for a certain project? I guess, let me rephrase that question. Do you get transferred to a certain area or certain location for a specific project or just for a specific time? Time. So there, I mean, work is always continually going. They're always improving uh, infrastructure. So you could, I mean, if you had to stay at a place, you'd be there forever because there's always a new project. So it's based off of time. And uh, they just cut you and they send you to the next place. And sometimes it's based off a need. You might have a special skill set or something or qualify for a job and they might send you somewhere. But for the most part, it's just based off of need or time, excuse me. Got it. And would you say now, so you did architecture school, you worked in the private sector, now you're in the Navy. If there is someone listening who does want to join the Navy as an architect, would you say the path that you took is kind of like the linear path to get you there? Or is there a different route you can take? There's a several routes you can take. So I've heard 
uh, from a lot of people, they'll do the college. I don't know how the program works, but it's like a collegiate <laughs> program where you kind of already joined in college and then you do training during college. And then after that, you once you graduate, then you go straight in. And there's also, you can go, I guess, the Naval Academy. Like I said, I'm not super familiar with all these because I didn't go these routes, but I know you can go there. And then you can find a way into the architecture community. What I did was I just, well, I graduated from Illinois Tech and then I joined a firm, worked for a couple of years, and then I just decided to submit a, a package just to see if I'd qualify. And then I got in and went in that way. So there's several, there's several routes you can take. Now, and you did your training in Southern California too. So it kind of brought you back for a little bit. And how long was your training? The initial training you go to is similar to, it'll be a few months, like a boot camp type thing. Um, that's for everyone in the military, regardless of who you are, what you're doing. Uh, but then as far as the architects and engineers, we went then in Southern California, like you said, we were there for about three months. So it was mm-hmm. a great time. It's good to be back there. So I was curious about your training in those three months. And is it, how do you get trained to be like an architect Navy officer? Is it like a physical slash classroom? Because I know you were studying as well, right? So that one, that school was more classroom based. Okay. So you're just learning all that. Part of it is just like military stuff, right? You're just learning that. Some part of one of the things we do is engineers and architects in the military is we do have a certain time where, like I said, I'm doing construction. I did construction management. You have office jobs, but you also have field jobs. So there'll be a time in your career where you have to go out to the field and you have to go on deployments or whatnot and do kind of like contingency-based engineering and architecture, you know, with tents and camps and all that. So part of that training involves that, which I was horrible at. (laughs) Yeah. I'm out there and like, yeah, I was terrible out in like this gear trying to run around and I'm just, it just wasn't good for me. No. (laughs) Yeah. Sleeping in a tent, it's like camping, but it's horrible camping. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other one is just classroom based where you're just learning, learning how the government works, because that's a huge, even if you were to not be in the military, but you just come from private sector and you joined as an architect or an engineer government, it's a whole new world just because all the different regulations, the rules, how things work. So part of it is learning that, learning how contracting works and just how the Navy really operates in terms of building infrastructure facilities and that type of thing. Uh, we did some cost estimating too on projects and whatnot. So it was a lot of classroom based. Interesting. Yeah, that is true. That I, I mean, I understand how the U.S. government works to like that high school level, but I'm sure like, yeah, understanding how it all, all works and how you get funding and things like that. Just out of curiosity, do you guys have a lot of change orders or are change orders like during construction? In my, I won't speak for others, but in my particular the jobs I was working on, change order city. Really? Well, that's yes. that's kind of comforting to know because like we get so many change orders. And for someone not who's listening who doesn't know what a change order is, change orders happen during construction once the budget is set and there's a change in price or scope of work. And change orders are kind of, they happen. Clients usually aren't happy with it because it means their cost is going up and it sometimes could mean maybe the contractor didn't catch something in the plans or things deviated or things were, you know, especially during remodels, we have a lot of change orders. But it's comforting to know that even you guys have change orders and it's not so (laughs) strict by the budget because those happen all the time. Yeah. And two other questions I had. I was wondering, we really covered a lot of like the Navy aspect. Is Kaleo works for the Navy too? 
He works as a yeah, civilian. Civilian. Yeah. Okay. He's an electrical engineer. I, I might have him on actually. I was kind of curious about that too. But let's see if there's any any other questions I had. I would say now that you've been in, you know, with the Navy for a few years now, would you say you're going to continue on the path or would you ever go back to working in like the private sector? So I would say I have this conversation with myself all the time. And uh, my answer to that is both. So I'm, a, I'm the type of person that wants to do a million things, but we only have so many hours in a day. And I, there's other careers I'm interested in everything, but you got to, you know, kind of what's right in the based off of in your personal life and everything else. So for now, definitely going to stay in the Navy. I'm excited about it. It's fun. Plus, once you get out, it's not just like, oh, let me come back next year. It's once you're out, you're out. So I'm going to stay in for now. And then down the road, I'm certainly interested in doing private architecture again. Uh, and the good thing about, I guess, military is eventually you do have to retire. You know, as an architect, you can work till you're 70, but mm-hmm. in the Navy eventually your age kind of makes you move along. So I would definitely say I want to come back to private eventually. We're good. Keeping that door open. That's really important. And I think it's great that you also had the opportunity to work in like residential commercial and then have some experience in the, in the Navy. And so can you share at all what you're working on now or? Oh, yes. I mean, what I'm working on now is it's not glorious. Like I said before, there's all different paths. So I was doing construction administration before. Um, now I'm just doing facilities management. So not nearly, I would say, as applicable to an architect, but just behind the scenes when things are broken in buildings and whatnot, not really working on projects per se, but just helping people get things fixed. Like if uh, fire protection systems aren't working, HVAC's not working, that kind of thing, helping them just get their buildings fixed. And so their workspace is, is good to go. Yeah. So course, remodeling, maintenancing, there's so much that happens with, I mean, and I'm sure constantly technology is evolving and it probably evolves a little faster in the military than it does for like a private home. So I'm sure you guys are always updating things as well. And you brought up a good point earlier that I wanted to kind of return back to is, which I also didn't think about is going and being deployed to work on a base or wherever overseas. And having training for that, is that something you can request or do you get deployed without being kind of, I guess, asked first to go? So there's definitely both. There's certain, you know, needs, of course, throughout the world where they need, they need people from our community, the architecture and engineering community. And so they'll do calls for volunteers, like, hey, we need someone to come. And uh, if someone volunteers, then that's great. If someone doesn't volunteer, then someone's going to get voluntold. So I think, yeah, I think you've answered all my questions. I, I was really curious to have you on because, well, you know, a lot of the pe- architects I've had on, it's everybody's working in residential or commercial or teaching and things like that. But like I said, there's so many paths and avenues you can take with architecture that it's really interesting to have you on and have everybody learn about the possibilities, especially with the military of what you can do. And you don't have to take, you know, you mentioned there's so many routes you can take, but not necessarily starting right away at 18 through the military, but giving yourself the time to go to university, work privately. And then, you know, if you decide to take the path of being in the military that you can. So 
has been really interesting. Great. I'm glad that I could answer your questions. Thank you for having me on. I was uh, nervous I was going to bore you guys, but... (laughs) Not at all. Like, it's so fascinating. I just, like I said, you don't think about it. Yeah. So is there anything else you wanted to listen uh, to share with the listeners about of architecture or? No, I mean, I think if anyone, it's a very specific and unique, I guess, niche military architecture, but if anyone's interested, you can reach out to me. I am not, I know the other branches, Air Force, Marines, Army, they have their own kind of engineering architecture type stuff, but I know basic stuff about them, but not enough to where I could answer questions confidently or knowledgeably. So anything that's do with the Navy, though, if anyone's interested in what that's like, if you're considering traditional private architecture or military, just feel free to reach out to me. Well, absolutely. I'll provide a link in the show notes for Lauren's contact information if you are interested. And Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time to come on from the honeycomb. It was so good to share and like talk with you about architecture. We haven't had a chance to catch up. Well, thank you. Yes, I really appreciate it. It was great. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb. If you liked it, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast, and be sure to check out the link in the show notes to sign up for my monthly newsletter where you will receive a spark of positive energy in your inbox. Thank you so much and see you next week. Mm-hmm.